Welcome to the second episode of The Elephants in the Room. Season two, basically. Season two. Yeah. Thursday night special. Thursday night regular. I really hope you all can hear these extraordinarily loud bugs that we have in our yard. That it's a symphony of gosh only knows. But but let me tell you, the funny the funny thing about these bugs, and they're starting to dissipate, is that as you drive through the Phoenix area, I'm sure it's other places in the southwest as well, but as you drive through the Phoenix area, you can tell when these bugs have activated their noise or mating noise or whatever it is. Whatever it is they're doing. As you drive through each neighborhood, because it'll be on, off, on, off. Like, different neighborhoods have different patterns on on when the bugs are on. And they just so happen to be on now. But you want to know what? Like liberals, we can't let the bugs stop us from what we need to do. Hey, there we go. Right? So, um, it's been a wild week. And there's plenty of news to get to. More Biden gaffes, which... I mean, a day and, you know, there's there's a Biden gaffe on every Is it day. a day that ends in Y? Yeah, <laughs> you took the literally the exact words out of my mouth. Um, but we are millennials, we're younger, we're in the tech world, and so we are exposed to some real craziness. And obviously with the, the Dobbs ruling, the ruling that um, uh, sent abortion back to the states so that it could be a democratically uh public really yeah well well, yeah i mean this is this was following the 10th amendment it's an issue we're sending it back to the states federal government doesn't need to be involved with this we're leaving this to the people you do what you want to do with it the supreme court did not ban abortion the supreme court simply said it's up to the people and the people on one side of the aisle have spoken, and it has turned into um, absolute clown show emotional reaction to the point where I came across the story, and here's the headline. And admittedly, this is from Tuesday. It was in the Los Angeles Times, and the headline it reads... More women are seeking sterilization since Roe versus Wade was overturned. On the morning of May 3rd, Abby C. burst into tears when she learned that a leaked draft opinion signaled the U.S. Supreme Court would likely overturn Roe versus Wade. Before getting out of bed, now keep in mind, this is before a formal decision has been made. This is early May. Before getting on bed, the 23-year-old booked a consultation to begin the process of getting sterilized. Abby, who did not want to use her last name for privacy reasons, said her previous gynecologist had dismissed her requests, citing her age. With the leaked opinion throwing the future of reproductive rights into jeopardy, Abby stood firm in her decision. I ended up telling her, this is the option I want, Abby said. This is the only answer for me. And Abby goes through with the procedure, and she says she's felt relief like never before. Now, I had two um, takeaways um, from this. Uh, one, it, 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 the article doesn't state uh, where uh, Abby is, but if Abby is 
in the Los Angeles area or California, where the Los Angeles Times is based out of, I do not understand why Abby would have any fears about her reproductive rights when California's governor, Gavin Newsom, has already said that he wants California to be the abortion tourism capital of the world. The murder tourism capital of the world. That's lovely. So, if Abby was lives in California and is as informed as she wants to believe that she is, she should have had no panic. She has a governor who believes in her right to terminate her child should she get pregnant whenever she wants, for whatever reason. This is not the only article like this that we've read. There have been a series of these articles put out over the past... Well, you know what? Since since May 3rd, since May 3rd, since that leaked draft opinion, which ended up being very close to the actual opinion, uh, came out, our generation has decided that we are going to take a stand. And that stand is, we're not going to reproduce. Um, I believe, actually, the stand is... I am going to continue to partake in mutilation of my body that can't be reversed. And we saw it first in transgender. Yes. And now it's sterilization. Well, we'll, we'll we have some we have some trans trans stuff to to, to, to talk about in a, in a little bit here, but you know, the, the, that's you're really hitting the nail on the head here where there's such a lack of respect for not just life, but the ability to create life. And while Abby may be the most informed and knowledgeable 23-year-old God ever created, and as we all know, when you're 23, you don't change after that. Mm-mm. When, who you are at 23 is who you are going to be for the rest of your life. What you do at 23 is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Your friends at 23 are going to be the friends that you have for the rest of your life. There will be no changes when you are 24. When you are 25, you know, people think being able to rent a car, was that 25, 26? Yeah. That's the last major thing that happens to you. And then you die. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're sterilized. They're not having kids. So that's And marriage it. is evil, but we also want it for the gays. How do they reconcile all these different things that don't make any sense? Well, well since, I mean, since you brought up the gay marriage thing, I love that the Senate is and the House is spending time to make sure that gay marriage is the law of the land. And it's funny, these reporters keep asking all these Republican senators, these, they think they're keep going to get these gotcha questions, and they don't realize that we don't care. No. They just realize that we don't care anymore. You can call it what you want. You can call it mar- gay marriage. You can call it civil unions. You can call it homosexual happy fun time. We don't care. And so a reporter, a D.C. reporter, went to Alabama senator and 2004 national champion football coach Tommy Tuberville and said, Hey, Senator Tuberville, how are you going to vote on this? And his exact words were verbatim, were... If, uh, if, if, if people want to do that, that's fine. 
<laughs> and in one sentence, Senator slash Coach Tuberville summed up what 90% of conservatives agree with. Oh, well, yeah, what do you think about gay marriage? Well, this, that's what someone wants to do. That's, that's fine. Whatever. It doesn't impact me. Yeah, I but, think for the, the most part on the conservative side, not everyone, but a lot of people feel that the government should get out of your way. And Correct. you should have freedom. However, that only applies to what you want to do. When it starts to affect the lives of others directly, like murdering fetuses, then we need Babies. to step in. Babies. Exactly. And so some might say, well, why are you talking about sterilization? You sound like you're against it. I actually don't really care. Do whatever you want to do. I don't think it's a very smart decision, but if that's what you want to do with your life... Go for it. Where yeah. it becomes a slippery slope is when a 16-year-old or a 15-year-old starts thinking, this is okay, and this is normal, and this is how I live my life. No, you need to be an adult and make those sorts of decisions. Well, that's that's really, that's really and, and Katie, that's, that's a, a, such an important point to make where this is something that, is part of the left's broader attack on on the innocence that children have. You know, it is, <clears throat> this is something that they want to mainstream. They want to be part of the culture. They want to go, hey, if you live in a place where there are Republicans, the only option you have is to be sterilized. Or else, you're going to suffer the worst fate in the world. You won't be able to have unprotected sex with anyone who you want without consequences. Or, I should say, without the consequence of having a kid. You can still get a horrible number of STDs, diseases that will kill you, diseases that are far more horrible to have than COVID, is what people are saying in New York. Gay men in New York City, where they're dealing with a monkeypox outbreak in that, in that population, are going, this is the worst thing I've ever had in my life. Okay? So, you, so, so, so even unprotected sex that doesn't result in having a kid can still end up with some, some very severe consequences for your health. And, 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 but, but this is what the left preaches. The left preaches that your body is not a temple. Your body is not something of God, created from God, is in the image of God, that your body is something to be desecrated. That your body is just something that you just use. And that's, and that's not the intention of the human body. And this idea that you just, oh, you, you need to sterilize yourself when you're 23 years old. Or as Katie says, now this is when teenagers start getting the idea. Because this stuff infiltrates social media. This stuff infiltrates TikTok. And, you know, as the elephants in the room, one of the things we want to do on each of our podcasts is mention a time when we were the elephants in the room and talk about these situations. And Katie, you know, we had a great conversation the other day about you being in the elephant in the room, us talking about this article. And you talking about something that a coworker saw on TikTok where this information was available on getting sterilized and how to how to get per, you know all, all this kind of information yeah, so about you it. want me to tell a story please tell the story okay so uh what's hilarious is max max and i send articles and other things back and forth to each other all day and so he sends me this article that we just went through and within seconds in my 
women's channel at work, which you would think would be a channel where we can all uplift each other and learn from each other and, you know, generally be good resources, has instead become a pro-abortion channel since this all went down. There's rarely any other talk of any other topic. Uh, so some woman posted in there that um, she felt people would benefit from knowing that on TikTok, there is a surgeon who is putting videos of what a sterilization procedure is like so that you know what you're getting. And, um, ew, I don't want to see that. Um, but also... <laughs> The comments were, yes, thank you so much for posting this. I have a friend who wanted to do this. I wanted to do it. And we need to normalize this conversation. I think that's like the favorite word of this channel. Let's normalize periods. Let's normalize sterilization. Let's, how about we normalize talking about work? How about we do that? Why are periods normalized? Does anyone not, are there, are there people out there that don't know that women menstruate? I don't know. I mean, it's probably not I a topic. I want to dig into that question. It's probably not a topic I would talk with a male coworker about. But, like, why would you need to talk to a male coworker about it? Um, To throw it in their face if they're making you feel crappy? <laughs> no. no. No? Okay. Well, just tossing it out there as an idea. Um, so yeah, so, so that was, that was time. And I, and, and I, unfortunately, I don't really have that many elephant in the room stories when it comes to my work outside of the fact that, and I do have to say, this is one of the funny things. There is a fairly solid remote culture at the company that I work for and I love it. I love remote work. Um, I don't need to interact with people face to face. We don't want to spread COVID. And... <laughs> And, um, um, but anyways, every background, there's always a special background each month and the backgrounds are always, always something that is what I would call a ham-fisted attempt by white people to be racially aware. And what I mean by that is, you know, for like Black History Month, there's going to be like a Black History theme for it. And there's nothing wrong with Black History Month. I don't think anyone... There's nothing offensive about Black History Month, but it's just one of those months and times, it's the month of February, where you just get to see liberal white people doing wacky things. And I always think about the, after the George Floyd murder, when it was Jerry Nadler and Nancy Pelosi and all of these old white member, Democrat members of the House of Representatives, had this, like, African garb on. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Nancy Pelosi knows the struggle. <laughs> Jerry Nadler knows the struggle. Um, <laughs> um, but, I, but, I, but I always just, I always get a kick, kick out of that because companies feel like they have to do this. Like, companies feel like they have to promote or or engage or, or like make feel like feel like they're like they're like sharing in the moment and to, to be completely honest what would you say 60 70 percent of people who just don't don't care about that stuff and then there's like a very very vocal minority who don't support it they just feel it doesn't go far enough and that's the best part, right? There's like an apathet, like there's two groups of people in corporate America when it comes to the ESG, like the environmental, social, 
governmental, whatever it is, movement, you know, being a good social corporate citizen is 70% of people are just completely apathetic for it, to it. And there's probably 30% of people who just don't think it goes far enough. And there's no one who sits in the middle who's like, yeah, this is all just wonderful and keen. But anyways, that was our elephants in the room mentioned because this story, because it is something that the media mocks conservatives all the time and saying like, oh, you don't think this is, this, you know, like, oh, this is fringe stuff. This isn't popular culture. This isn't stuff that kids are seeing. This isn't stuff that's, that's you know, ubiquitous in society, but it is. But it is. We're talking about videos. They get millions and millions and millions and millions upon views on TikTok, which is the most popular social media channel for kids. Kids for and the next generation coming up. Not only is it the most popular social media uh, outlet, but it has just surpassed Google search for searches in that demographic. They don't go to Google to find things out. They go to TikTok. They go to TikTok. It's like worse than when our generation went to Wikipedia for a research paper. Or what our generation does. Well, it's what every homeowner does. The second largest search engine after Google search is YouTube. Globally. Because people are searching for videos. And, like, I know I don't know a single homeowner that when they encounter an issue, don't go on YouTube and Google for how do I fix blank. Right? How do I fix my fridge that all of a sudden is warm? Oh, you can find the answer on YouTube. Right? And that's what TikTok. TikTok has commercials about it. I saw it on TikTok. That's their commercial. Yeah. So it's very important to understand that this content out there, and it's funny, you know, just to, to hang on this, and we're going we're gonna to move into some other topics at, right after this, but I saw an article on CNBC today about how YouTube is going to police abortion misinformation on their platform, which is basically YouTube's way of saying they are going to take down content from crisis pregnancy centers, from people, from Christians who want to support women through the process of pregnancy rather than clinics who are trying to make a buck by aborting your child. Yep. Pretty gross. But enough about all of that because that war is going to... Never run. But we have a current battle going on right now financially in this country. And it's a wonderful term that we like to use. It's called inflation. Everyone in America learned what inflation was this year. Everyone in America learned. For those that weren't around the 70s. When was Carter in office? 70s. 70s. Late 70s. I know we've had it since then, but like that was... This is the fir- this is our generation's first bout with yeah. inflation. Bad inflation. Inflation. Not high gas prices. We've had high gas prices before, but we haven't had it like this and we haven't had inflation like this. We haven't experienced the cost of a dozen eggs doubling in price. You know, like the, the, and, and 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 you know what? It's 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 the grocery store stuff's not getting better. Gasoline is temporarily getting better, but as any, you know, as as we all know, um, the gasoline is temporary because our intrepid president, Mr. Biden, President Biden, went to Saudi Arabia, hands and knees, begged the Saudis, hey, increase oil production. He walks out of the meeting, hey, they increased oil production. Did they give him COVID too? Maybe. 
And then Saudi Arabia goes, no, we're not increasing oil production. We can't. And so after the and, – and, and by the way, we're not going to cover – Everything Joe Biden does, that's embarrassing because everything Joe Biden does is embarrassing. <laughs> Literally everything okay. he does. Everything that Joe Biden does, especially on a global stage, which is the worst thing, because the pres- head, president is the head of state, and he's really our head of foreign policy. And he completely made a, compl- a total fool of himself during this Saudi Arabia excursion. However, so never mind that. So, okay, we've got... Pete Buttigieg, Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, has got to come out, defend the energy policy of the Biden administration. And what's his take on it? it we good. are running out of time on climate. Of course, that's their favorite line. Here's the issue. And now this was on CNBC. And it was an interview on, uh, what's the morning show there? Squawk Box, Squawk Box. Yeah. Joe Kernan. Good guy. Nice guy. Sure. I've met him. Oh, congratulations. Chatted with so him. Proud of you. He's a nice guy. That's awesome. And um, he's obviously on the right side of the aisle. And he asked a very simple question There are real possibilities that people might not have air conditioning during a heat wave. Oof. How do you declare climate crisis in the middle of an actual weather crisis? And this is a good question because he is separating climate. And this is liberals always do. Climate is not weather. Okay. Well, if climate's not weather, we have an actual immediate weather crisis right now. Why are you talking about climate? We have to deal with this right now. This is what a transition looks like. This is exactly the challenge we're living through, but a judge responded, adding that we're, quote, running out of time when it comes to climate change. We've changed the climate between 2010 and now, and not in a good way. <laughs> 12 years. 12 years. So 12 years, it's already over. We're dead. It's a question of how many lives and how many livelihoods are going to be destroyed by allowing the worst effects of climate change to happen. Now, you might wonder what Mr. Buttigieg's immediate response would be to what what's happening and what people should do well you know what secretary Buttigieg doesn't understand right now Hmm. and if you need confirmation of this feel free to go to google.com not tiktok or tiktok (laughs) and see what secretary Buttigieg's reaction was when he realized that he was surprised that Americans aren't flocking to buy electric cars right now. Well, one, if you've seen the price of cars, you would know that the price of cars is insane. Number one, the price <laughs> of electric cars, even though they are heavily subsidized, are even higher than a regular car. Anyone who has driven across the country or driven long distances lately knows that uh, driving an electric car long distances is such a complete pain in the rear end, it is virtually impossible to do anything long distance. Okay. Do you think that Amazon, UPS, FedEx, the three largest shippers in the United States, do you think that they would be using electric trucks if it was better for them 
than it would be to run the current trucks that they have. Of course they would be. These are companies that would do anything to benefit their bottom line. And yet, and what do they still liberal. run? So when and they're liberal. And what do they still run? Massive, massive, massive internal combustion 18-wheelers that drive across the country and deliver us goods sooner than we believe that we would ever be able to see them in our lifetime. Actually, I don't know if UPS and FedEx are liberal, but Amazon is. I don't know if FedEx is. UPS might be. I don't know. But either way, the point is, even the most lib companies have to look at their bottom line. And even the most liberal climate change warriors know that this is complete nonsense. Tell us about that article you read about the people who tried to take a road trip. Oh, this was a Wall Street Journal article. I'll summarize this really quickly. This was a Wall Street Journal article that came out in early June. And it was a young female, one of their young female reporters, um, grabbed her friend, and she wanted to do a road trip from, I believe it was Chicago to New Orleans and back. Yep. And the conclusion of the article was she was never happy to pay $4 a gallon for gasoline in her life after it. And they plotted this trip out meticulously. Superchargers, regular chargers, and that. And they learned along the way that superchargers are not made equally. A charger is not a charger. It takes a lot longer. You know, there's every... You have to build in a lot of charging time and a lot of time if things just don't go to plan. Do you remember how long it ended up taking her? Because it probably should have only taken her, like... Five or six days in a regular car. Yeah, I remember. I, I, I she definitely two or she, three to get she, there. She she blew by. They blew by it by several days, right? I mean, they missed like all their dinner reservations. It just sounded miserable. <laughs> you know, it just sounded it, like less about the time being spent. Like I don't know if it was a couple extra days or whatnot, but the couple but the, extra days—that's a lot of time. Yeah, well, it's not just that, but it's the fact that they just didn't have a good time during the the entire trip. Well, I'm you know? sure it was super stressful to be like, uh, our car literally might like just stop moving if we don't make it to the right place on time. Exactly. It was. It was just like you're reading the story and you're like, why would I ever buy an electric car if I like if I like driving? Um. Well, right. The funniest thing is that electric cars were built for very short distances, and the people who generally need to go the short distance route are, like, in a city using public transit anyway. Yep. And the people who actually need a car to get places cannot be bothered. Like, the the model doesn't work. Doesn't work yet. Doesn't work yet. We'll get there. At some point, we'll get there. At some point, we'll get there. Right now, it doesn't work. Right now, it doesn't work. And right now, commercial travel doesn't even work for people like John Kerry. John Kerry released 300 million tons of CO2 into the air last year via his family's private jet. He's our climate ambassador, our climate czar. <laughs> Flies around the world on a private jet. This is. Anytime, he should have anytime, to drive everywhere in a Tesla and take a ferry. I want to stick a mag in the last row in the middle seat. No, 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 no. He can't take a take an airplane, regardless of private versus public, because that's too, too much should CO2. Drive around, he yeah. should have to go everywhere in a Tesla. He should bike everywhere. Oh, you have to go to the Middle East? Well, get your Tesla on a ferry. He should put on a sperm suit and drive, go, grab his bike. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know what the John Kerry sperm suit is, it's a picture from the 2004 campaign. A lot of people 
Yeah, I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. A lot of people compared it to to another Massachusetts politician having an equally embarrassing photo taken of them uh, while they were running for president, the Dukakis tank photo. Uh, But this is John Kerry, and well, well, anyway, we don't. It doesn't matter. Look it up online. It's it's family friendly. He just looks like a doofus, which he is. Imagine making John Kerry look even more like a doofus when he looks like a doofus. <laughs> I had a John Kerry flip-flops in high school. Oh, you did? I did. You did. I remember we had a... I organized a uh, phone bank event for the Bush campaign in 2004 for everyone, for all the Republicans in my high school. I got everyone down to the local Republican section and we got all the phones out. And we were making calls and calls and calls for hours and hours and hours. And uh, we had a pizza party, and it was before one of the debates. And every time John Kerry would say something, people were throwing flip-flops at the television. <laughs> um, I did none of those things because I was not as into it as you. I almost, I, did get, I almost got have, thrown out of school twice. I did have a Bush sticker on the back of my Hello Kitty planner. So, But it's if like, I had organized... It's like a Republican Kelly Kapoor. Yeah. <laughs> if I had organized a phone bank... It, at my high school, it would have been, it's me. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the pin that I wore on my backpack was a picture of John Kerry with the uh, his ashes on his forehead. And uh, and around it, it said, you can't be uh, pro-choice and Catholic. He just repurposed that for Biden. Don't give me snow. <laughs> All right. What was the next? Thing by the way, I... by the way, shout out, shout out to Pope Francis for cracking down on these liberal bishops in Germany. There we go. Um, next thing to talk about, um, other than, oh, you know what? <clears throat> Tell me. I saw an article, and we're going to end with this. We're going to end. We're going to end with it. Well, we'll, we'll end. Well, you can do it. We'll end with, with a, we'll, we'll end with a Michelle Obama update that everyone's dying for. <laughs> it's great. But I read an article the other day. And this ticked me off. This was on DailyMail.com. This is an article I sent to you. Mm-hmm. And it was about um, the cost of pizza in America and the cost of ingredients for pizza going up and the cost of delivery pizza going up. And how This is the fi- cost of buying like pizza at a restaurant, right? Not like making it in the grocery yeah, store. Yeah, like ordering okay. Domino's. Okay. Just so we're clear. And it was horrifying because I don't know how it was as a kid, but I know as a kid, ordering pizza for dinner, like this is Thursday night, Friday night. If it happens on a Monday or a Tuesday, you know, you it's like a special treat. Something's going great. But families, because of Joe Biden's economic policies, have to cancel pizza night. They're canceling pizza night. Well, that's Michelle Obama's dream because now they'll get healthier, right? They're obviously eating celery instead. Yes. Clearly. What is Kelly Obama news right now? Michelle Obama's coming out with a new book that no one's going to read, but every liberal will buy. And it's about, and you want to know what it's about? It's about her struggles surviving in a negative world. This is a woman who lives in a $14.5 million mansion on Martha's Vineyard. And she's struggling. She's having a tough go of it. She needs our sympathy, but more importantly, she needs our money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So donate to the Michelle Obama I am I am the world's largest victim fund by buying her new book, 
when it comes out, whenever. I don't know because I don't care. Um, but we weren't done with the pizza thing, so I don't know why you. Well, we kept, kept kept mentioning Michelle, I so I wanted to get that. I know it was you a were good joke. A joke. It was a good joke. It was a good joke. It was the only the only good thing the Obamas did was try to get people to exercise. And you want to know what people did? They said, "Screw you! You're the Obamas. We're going to do the opposite." Not great. Uh, <laughs> um. What was the pizza place your family went to? Like, what was the pizza place that made you go, all right? Like, like, like it got you pumped. Okay, so Max told me in the break that he was going to ask me this question, and I didn't want to burst his kabubble, so we're just, we're going to go on a little journey, and he's probably going to regret asking me this question. So, um, I just want to give a little background. Max grew up in Boston and New Hampshire. I grew up in New Hampshire. Okay. I grew up in San Francisco. Not only did I grow up in San Francisco, but I grew Ooh. up. I, well, I grew up with a family of foodies, so pizza not really something we ate that much. Um, when we did, it was either round table, probably because the school had a fundraiser there, or what we fondly called the pizza Nazi, which I took you to and you hated. <laughs> and it's very, very thin, artisanal pizza. Now, it's not pizza. <laughs> it's not pizza. Let me just let me just stay for the record. It's not pizza. You can continue, but it's not pizza. I would say more accurately, our quote unquote pizza nights in San Francisco were really gordo nights or burritos. We would get burritos and tacos. That would be the like, ooh, it's Monday night. Mom had a case that she's try- trying or something, and Dad's working late, so like we're getting Gordos. That's about it. But generally, Mom cooks, so like we weren't getting pizza. <laughs> so, so, so same here. Um, um, I grew up with two parents who were great cooks, um, and um, but so we had we would have two different pizza nights. So generally, the place that we would order from, we'd order Domino's, Domino's. <laughs> That would, that would generally the first be our time order. I had Domino's was in college, just so we're just so we're clear. Really? When? That's would, shocking. You know my parents very very well. When do you think they would have ever ordered Domino's? Never. Maybe on vacation. Never. Okay. <laughs> the other thing, and this is something that. People will know this. But Pizza Hut used to have a Pizza Hut buffet. And this was like a summer thing. Right? And not a, not a summer... Well, for us, it was like a summer thing. Because, like, when are you ever hanging out at, like, noon or 1 o'clock with your parents? Your mom. You know, your mom's taking care of you. Uh, but we would go to the Pizza Hut buffet. Yeesh. And that was to die for. And you want to know what was even the best part? The Pizza Hut dessert pizza. And if there is something that your parents, specifically your dad, would not be able to stop eating, it would be that Pizza Hut dessert pizza. I doubt that very much, unless it's chocolate cake. It was essentially chocolate cake pizza. Mm -hmm. Uh, The closest thing we got to what you're describing, and it's not very close, um, was a place called Fresh Choice in Sacramento and it was a buffet but it was mostly salad and veggies but it did have some square pizza and I did always get down on that. (laughs) 
Max is just <laughs> staring at me. <laughs> you know, he's probably questioning why he married into this family right now. I just, <laughs> I just, just I just don't understand someone who doesn't appreciate a good buffet. We are tiny people. We can't eat a lot of. Okay, well, this is not going to be a food podcast, so we'll. <laughs> Just wrap it up. Whatever. So we're gonna wrap it up there. Uh, I don't. I didn't. Yeah. What's What's happening so, this weekend? Biden. Biden's gonna get a new disease. Well, right. Well, I was cancer and COVID. I was throwing around this theory in the car. Maybe he get chlamydia. And the Max three C's. called me a conspiracy theorist. I don't think it's that crazy. Uh, the di- yesterday, yesterday, he was. I don't know, talking to some, doing some speech. I don't pay attention enough. But he basically said that he had cancer, which, you know, is pretty alarming because the American public has never heard this before. Um, And then coincidentally, the next day, he just happens to test positive for COVID. Hmm, maybe to rewrite the news cycle so that they're not talking about how he said he had cancer. It wouldn't surprise me. And they get to lock him away because, you know, he's got to be in isolation. Well, that's the most obvious thing. They got a chance to lock him away, which I think is probably an excuse for something. I would buy that more than as a cover up for something else. I will say this. I wanted on this. The great thing today was it's always been during the Trump administration. It was super spreader, super spreader, super spreader, super spreader events. Oh, the thing with uh, the justice, the Supreme Court justice, super spreader event, super spreader event. Mm hmm. Or to ask, hey, uh, where do you th- how do you think uh, President Biden caught this? Where, what event do you think? Oh, we don't need to discuss it. That's not important. It's not important. I got it. Wait, is that really what they said? It's not important. It's not real. He doesn't have it. Yeah. Red flag. Red flag. It's not important. All right. You going to take us home? Well, that's it. We're done. Finished. Um, Finito. Do you all miss the theme song? I haven't uh, been putting it in. We'll see if we get to it. Probably not because I'm going to be too excited to post this and I don't want to bother with music. But uh, you can just like hear it in your in your head. Ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. Take me home, country road. Yeah, we're going to cut it.